episode 15 of the Legacy Video Lounge. I'm your host, Steve Pender. I'm a personal historian and video biographer, and I'm president of Family Legacy Video Incorporated in sunny Tucson, Arizona. You can visit Family Legacy Video on the web at familylegacyvideo.com. In this segment, I'll cover two topics. First, a, a cautionary tale about the importance of labeling your legacy video and audio recordings. And, and then a few words, uh, brace yourselves, this will be really exciting, about using transcripts uh, when organizing a legacy video edit. And I'll get started right after this. Grandma grew up on her granddad's farm. She says they harvested more rocks than crops but collecting sap and transforming it into maple syrup was magical for her. Now her grandkids can share that magic, thanks to Family Legacy Video. Now you can share your life stories and a custom legacy video your family will cherish. To learn more, visit FamilyLegacyVideo.com or call 520-743-4090. That's 520-743-4090. FamilyLegacyVideo.com. I'm uh, recording this uh, near the tail end of of December uh, 2016, and we've just passed the, the Christmas holiday and heading into the new year. And, you know, every once in a while, I think back on past Christmases, and, 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 I, and, and, and I wonder, gee, what, you know, I've heard people talk about in the past, gee, but the, the, what was the greatest Christmas present you, you ever received? And, and in thinking back, I'd have to say, and this must have been when when I was maybe, oh, nine, um, eight, you know, I got um, a little reel-to-reel audio recorder. Now, this was, uh, uh, this is going to date me, but it was the, it was the period when, um, you know, they sold these little reel-to-reel recorders. They had, they were, I remember it was blue plastic, had a little, little microphone that you'd attach to it, and you had your, reel of uh tape actual reels you know and the tape reels probably lasted i don't know three minutes five minutes and this was just a fantastic gift and uh, i wore out the tape especially with a brother of mine recording silly little you know versions of radio programs and things like that and i only say that because then uh that kind of got me started on the on on my fascination with with recording and uh, in later years i got Got my paper route, saved up my money, and bought a nice little Panasonic uh, cassette recorder. So when the, we were moving into the the, uh, the audio cassette era, and I was very fortunate to uh, have had a great grandfather who still uh, was alive through my early childhood, and he was a great talker. Uh, I mean, he spun stories, sung songs. All you had to do was you know, get him in the door, sit him down, give him, give him something to eat. And he was, he was fine. He would just go on his own. And, uh, you know, after, after hearing him time and again, I thought, gee, I've got this cassette recorder. Wouldn't it be fun? I'll just slide it under his chair and start it recording and, uh, and just record whatever happens. And, uh, so I did that. I think maybe I had an hour of, uh, of cassette recording time, maybe 90 minutes, but you know, back then that was kind of pushing it with a really thin 90-minute tape. And, uh, and that's what I did. I recorded my, my great-grandfather, Morrissey. Well, now, uh, 
I was young and foolish because while I had, I had the good idea to record my great-grandfather, did I label the tape? No. <laughs> did, I, did, I, did I put it in any special place? No, I just put it in the box where I had the rest of my tapes. And you, can, you know what probably happens now. It, uh, I may have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but it got recorded over probably, or just lost. And, you know, it's, it's 50 years later. And boy, I wish I had that recording now, because while I have some images of my great grandfather on old home movies, I, I don't have his voice. I don't have his stories. And so any stories I've heard about him have been second, you know, secondhand. And it would, it would have been great to have had that. Now, I don't know if the, the tape may not have survived anyway, even if I had, uh, properly tried to label it and store it, but you know, of course, right from the get-go, it was doomed because I didn't, I didn't treat it with the reverence I should have. So, uh, so that's my little cautionary tale as we end one year and begin another. Just uh, if you've been if you've been fortunate enough to uh, uh, record some family stories the over these past holidays, uh, or if you're planning to do so in the new year. Make sure you 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 rec- you label those files. Of course, now we're into the digital realm, and so you've got to figure out where you're going to digitally store these items. And but whatever you do, have a plan, organize those files, label them properly, so that they're there in years to come. And you know, even though you may not have a plan for how to use them right now, uh, when you figure out what you'd like to do with them, they'll be uh, they'll be easily accessible. So. Don't make my mistake, <laughs> okay? Label those files, store them properly, and uh, and then they'll be there when you need them. So anyway, that was that was uh, point number one for for this uh, edition of the Legacy Video Lounge. And now, forging on to point number two, uh, transcripts. Uh, I don't know if you've ever considered using transcripts if you're if you're planning a, a family video, especially especially one that may be lengthy. Uh, I have found over the years that, uh, that transcripts, I, I use them fairly extensively in my legacy video work, uh, can, be, uh, can be a valuable tool. So, so what is a transcript? Well, if, uh, very simply, uh, we'll go out, uh, record a storyteller, uh, and, and then take that recording back uh, and, uh, and have it transcribed, which means just having at its most basic having somebody sit down play the interview and then and then type out you know in in a word document or text document the uh the words that were spoken during the interview and and who said them so uh, that would leave you with a uh, with a print record of what is on uh the recording so why is this why is this helpful well if you're if you're if you're creating just a short video, uh, it you know just a few minutes, and you've got an interview that's maybe five or ten minutes long, you really don't necessarily need a transcript for something like that. You can you can watch the interview, take notes as you go, and uh, and decide from there what you want to use out of the raw interview and how you're going to sequence it and 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 move along. But I started using transcripts for more extensive uh, videos in uh, when I was working in, in the corporate realm many, many years ago. Uh, and even in corporate, you would probably use them for shorter uh, videos as well, because, of course, everything you do has got to be pre-approved. So, uh, you know, if you're creating a video, 
and it's got an, uh, interview segments within it. You know, your higher-ups, your boss, or whoever is going to approve it, who, who your client is within the company, they need to see exactly uh, what's being said. So, you know, you would use them for that. But if I'm, but but in my video biography work, or if I'm doing a much shorter piece, don't necessarily need to use a transcript. Or if I'm doing what uh, what we call here at Family Legacy Video a, a Q&A, which is a basic uh, talking head type interview where we're just doing a very basic presentation and segmenting answers into chapters and not doing a whole lot of editing, uh, the transcript really isn't isn't terribly necessary there. But when we're doing our our longer format um, uh, documentary style pieces. Then the transcript really comes in handy because, you know, I'm likely to have, oh, an hour and a half or two or more hours of of interviews. And it becomes rather ungainly to try to just keep listening to interviews over and over again and taking notes of in points and out points, things like that. It's much easier to see that interview, at least for me, laid out in print, you know, whether I'm looking at it on screen in a Word document or usually what I do is I, I print them out, put them in a notebook, and then I can leap through them and make notes right on the pages or use a highlighter to... Uh, to highlight sections that I that I plan to use, and so uh, so at, at the initial step of planning a video biography comes in very very handy for that. Um, and then when I uh, the next step I usually take when I'm when I'm planning a longer legacy video is I will cr- actually create an, an editing script. Um, there are various scripting formats uh, for the video biographies. I use a very very basic two-column script, you know, you've got video descriptions on the left side and audio on the right. So what I'll do then when I'm ready to move into that stage, and I've, and I've looked over the transcripts and I've highlighted the, the sound bites that I'd like to include and the various subjects they represent, I'll then set up a, a double, two screens, one with the transcript on the left side in a Word document and one with my script on the right side, and then I will just move through the transcript or transcripts, you know, uh, if we're, if we've interviewed multiple people, I'll have a number of transcripts up and, and then just cut and paste. So, you know, we'll start chapter one. Okay. What's the opening soundbite? I'll move to that transcript and, um, and, and, and copy that section and paste it in and then build my script that way as, as I go. So it's, uh, uh, a great way to build a script and then see how your sequences flow and then when it's logical to end one chapter and and begin uh, begin another and uh, at the end then I'll I'll have my script and um, and then I can go back once once I've I've got that script approved then I use that as my guide and I can go into my timeline and then just go to those segments and start building my chapters I usually build uh, assign one t- t- uh, uh, timeline in an editing project to each chapter. And so I'll do a rough edit then. Uh, I'll, I'll use my script as a reference and then go in and grab those uh, sound bites uh, from the, the, uh, the master recording and, uh, and then paste them into the chapters that I'm building. So at least I, once I'm done, then I have all my chapters laid out. The edits are rough, you know, but I've got all the sound bites and the sequences. I want them. And once I've done that, then I go back in and, and really make the magic happen, do all that, do all that fine work.
So, uh, so that, in a nutshell, is, is how I would use a transcript to build a more complex documentary-style video biography or a legacy video. And, and, you know, you might want to think about doing something like this. Now, how do you, uh, how do you make a transcript? Well, there are a number of ways you can, you can approach it. First of all, it's the do-it-yourself method. That's where, say, you, you lay out your, uh, your interview on a timeline, and, uh, and then you open up a Word document and play a bit of the interview and listen, and then type out the words on the screen. And you just go like that all the way through the interview. And uh, that that uh, is great for saving money. It doesn't save you a lot of time, but if you've got the time and not the money, then you might want to start out uh, creating your transcripts uh, that way. Uh, it is a bit tedious, and so I, I, I decided that uh, there were other ways I wanted to spend my time, and I decided that I'd rather spend a little money and have some other people do my transcribing for me. So if if you have tired of the do-it-yourself method or you just don't want to sit there and be transcribing yourself what are uh, other ways you can have transcripts created well you uh, there are plenty of uh, companies or individuals out there who do uh, transcribing who, who are transcriptionists and the easiest way to work with those folks these days is to create uh, say an mp3 audio file of your interview and then you uh, send it to them, and they usually have a per page rate, you know, of finished transcription, and then they they do the transcribing, and and then hand you the finished uh, transcript, and you pay them, and that's basically the way that works. Uh, using these folks, uh, the, the there are a couple of different ways you can approach uh, how precise you want a transcription can be. And using these folks is a great way to get, uh, say, a verbatim transcript. So that's a little more time consuming, but a verbatim transcript will give you essentially a a representation in print uh, of exactly what was said during the interview. If uh, you want to pay a little less money and uh, maybe speed up the process a little bit, you can you can create what's called, say, uh, uh, like a first draft transcript or something like that. It's not as precise. You know, so you'll have probably some misspellings. You will have maybe some inaccuracies in terms of, you know, not having the exact words down there, but you'll you'll be fairly close and certainly probably close enough for your for your needs in terms of of editing. And then as you go back and maybe listen to the interview uh, to, to double check some things, you may say, oh, well, they, you know, they used this word. He actually said this and you can make your own changes there. But uh, another option, uh, and this is a, uh, this is a more recent, and I tried this out just, uh, just in my last project and it worked fairly well. There are services online. So instead of necessarily using somebody local or even mailing, say, uh, or emailing a file to somebody in, uh, in another state or what have you. There are online services, and uh, one of them I used recently is called transcribeme.com, T-R-A-N-S-C-R-I-B-E-M-E.com. And uh, they, uh, they're pretty fast. They're um, pretty reasonably priced. Um, you usually will have a choice. I know with Transcribe Me, they give you a choice of more of a verbatim 
a, a transcription versus one that isn't. And so, of course, the one that isn't, you can get a little more fat, you know, the turnaround is a little faster and, and uh, it's a little less expensive. And they have a system where, you know, you upload an MP3 file and they somehow break that up and parcel it out to a bunch of different transcriptionists. They have a stable of transcribers that they use and each person does his or her, her own little bit and then sends it back and they all get recombined somehow. And, but it's, uh, it's a very interesting process and uh, it was relatively inexpensive and it worked well in my last project. And the turnaround was surprisingly fast. I think I had, uh, I had multiple long interviews and I, I think they were turned around within a few days. So, uh, so that was very, very convenient for me. So at any rate, those are a few words about uh, transcriptions. If you've got any questions about that or anything I've said in today's uh, podcast, don't hesitate to uh, email me. And uh, that email address is steve at familylegacyvideo.com. And and also, please do um, uh, send me an email if there are topics you'd like to hear covered on this podcast. I know we've run through a bunch of stuff so far this year. Uh, this is episode 15. And so I'd like to know what may interest you so we can kind of plan out some shows for next year. I began this as kind of a, a pilot, and I'm just kind of taking it as it goes to see whether or not there's enough interest out there. And uh, so I'd appreciate hearing hearing from you. So that's it for this segment of the Legacy Video Lounge. As I just said, if you have any questions or comments, please email them to me at steve at familylegacyvideo.com. And of course, if you like the podcast, I invite you to subscribe. Until next time, I'm Steve Pender, reminding you that everyone has a story. Isn't it time you told yours? Music